Welcome once again, listeners, and this is Fate's Rest. Now, the last two times, we have done a uh, one-on-one with each of our other players. And today, we are doing one with Zug. Uh, Now, I'm not going to go through a whole thing of what happened. You're just going to have to listen to what the last two episodes were, because I'm not going to spoil anything. Also, arguably, Zug is like a one in one and a half. Yeah, potato, potato. <laughs> but uh, I'll do a slow recap of what happened before. Uh, the uh, the spell went off, and everybody was asleep except for the gods. And this is where we will pick up. So. You come to in a room made of solid white. It's almost as if there's no walls, there's no floor, no ceiling. It's just white as far as you can see. But you're not one person. Directly in front of you stands your other your your better half. Your other half. Uh, and Sig Trigger and Fritz are now standing face to face. That's disconcerting that one's considered the better half. I don't know which one's the better half. That's a that's a trick question. That's why I didn't say a name until <laughs> <laughs> As you're standing there trying to gather your senses and figure out what the hell is going on. Voice. Now this voice is very familiar to Sig Trigger and I don't think Fritz has ever heard it except for maybe in Sig's memories. But so you have awoken. It is about time. You look around there's no one in sight. Um, So I think the reactions to a voice speaking out of uh, nowhere for Fritz is just uh... I do want to know if anybody got the uh, numbers off of that cart because that that hit hard. And Sig would just kind of snort at uh, Fritz's uh, joke and just kind of uh, that's definitely a name that I thought was lost to time. And the, the disembodied voice kind of chuckles a little bit. And um, you both hear a loud crack. And to one side, uh, you see two doors form. The voice once again says, uh, The two of you still have a lot to learn about each other and... A decision each of you need to come up with on your own. So please, each of you pick a door and walk through. I do think there's a moment where they both kind of start heading towards the same door and then they kind of both change to the same door again and then eventually uh, Sig just sighs and says, "Uh, you go first, Fritz. So Fritz will take a door 
Fritz Fritz walks through the door, and with Sig Trigger taking the other door. Now, we will start with Fritz's door. So you walk out into a very familiar scene, and it's it's your old village. Uh, it doesn't look too good. Like maybe it was raided recently. Maybe they decided to finally kill each other off. You don't know, but everything's smoking and in ruins. But you don't see any bodies anywhere. Hmm. I'm not sure if this is an improvement or something bad's going to happen. But um, I guess, and he's going to look for. <clears throat> look for the building that's familiar to him, which would have been the uh, the old chieftain that kind of brought him in um, where their um, I guess tent would have been at kind of off in that direction. I always I always imagine for orcs because of their somewhat nomadic lifestyle and sometimes their buildings kind of look like uh, the Mongolian yurts and stuff. So it's a fun, it's a fun Just one. Big circle tents. Yeah. Private space for your family and everything, and <clears throat> somewhat, some somewhat, somewhat you know, homey. I guess would be the way to look at it. Yeah, you find the big chief's tent, almost dead center of the of the um, the village. It actually seems intact. Well, if this one's intact, it definitely wasn't a raid. Uh, but he would, uh, if, I mean, first he'd check for weapons if he has his weapons on him. You do not. Say. In fact, as you uh, check yourself, roll me an investigation. Sweet. So he would, uh, uh, D&D Beyond, why you do this? The dice have stopped working on his sheet. <laughs> to actually get dice. I was going to hopefully not have to do that. And the D&D Beyond decides to not work. Okie dokie. Um, so that is a 17. 17. So as you check yourself for your weapons, you notice that not only do you not have your weapons, but your robes that you would typically wear, that you and Sig Trigger would typically wear, are changed. And they're more like the old rags that you used to wear while you were in the camp. So yeah, he definitely... Upon realizing the clothing and no weapons, just will sigh and uh, I was really hoping to not ever have to wear this again. Those clothes were actually kind of comfortable, arguably. I won't tell the I won't tell the big man that though. But since he doesn't have any weapons, he will just uh kind of grumble and uh, open the open the flap to enter the the tent 
and as you enter the tent, it's the same scene that you've seen a hundred times in your memories. And it's this vibrant, lively tent. Like it's it's your typical chief's tent, and sitting in her chair as usual is uh, the chief. Uh, the old chief, correct? So first, he's definitely uh, a little bit shocked about that because uh, that chief is dead. The chief notices you walk in, bumps all the liveliness and all that. It kind of fades a little bit. How you get that like party tunnel vision where you focus on one person, everything's still going on, but it's kind of muffled. Mm-hmm. And the chief says, "Ah, my child." young one uh, little one whatever we call you anymore come here come here so he would uh he would approach still kind of definitely the look on his face is one that's like I'm not quite sure what's going on but at least it's a decent memory uh, our conquering of the neighbor tribes have come to an end it seems and you start to realize that this isn't a memory so much or it's something that you're thinking about it it's something that the chief always talked about about conquering the other tribes, about bringing all of the tribes into the into one group and making an orc kingdom, but it never came to pass because she died, or was killed in combat, or that's still foggy in Fritz's brain is exactly how she died. She, he just knows she died. We have succeeded. We did lose a large chunk of the village, but we have succeeded. Uh, I do want to say... I don't quite remember this being a thing, but... (coughs) This is uh, definitely good news, at least. Well, it's all thanks to you. Ever since you tamed the Great Eagle, the other tribes have been fearful of us, and it was quite easy to take them over. I would not say tamed. That's not how it... That's not how it works. The party plays out a bit, and... You converse with some of the other orcs, and for some reason, they're all being super nice to you, and uh, you're all tiny compared to all of them, but they, they've they never felt this kind of camaraderie from these orcs before, and it's kind of off-putting. Be very off-putting. <laughs> Time goes by, and the party dies down, and morning dawns the next morning 
but when you wake up, it's the ki the camp, the uh, the tent that you were in, that you were partying in, lies in a smoldering heap. And all around you are the bodies of all these orcs, and uh, I seem something attacked you in the night. At at the entrance of where the tent used to be stands a woman in full Valkyric armor with these brilliant wings shining off her back. And she says, Well, it seems that one of the faded futures for you wasn't a fun hmm, a fun outcome from the looks of it well knowing how the whole tribe was before I met Sig it uh, doesn't surprise me do you want to see how the tribe is doing in your future and the one you've currently picked I would say not exactly, but I know I would be not completely honest with myself if I said not at all. That is very honest of you. Um, this this shining figure, she kind of turns around and walks out of the way of the doorway, beckoning you to follow. Yeah, he would uh, kind of grumble a little bit, and he says, Yeah, the the old one definitely rubbed off a little bit. Well, uh, I can tell you this, that no matter what future you had, what path you had picked to go down, the orc tribes always brought disaster upon themselves. Each chieftain wanting to be a, the head of the of the race of your of your kingdom, so to speak, kind of left a long-standing war at all times. I mean it. In fact, I think right now they're at war again. Definitely makes sense. Was one of the pastimes of everyone was smashing some heads whether they were from the same tribe or other tribes. It's a shame. Because, believe it or not, uh, your people descended from the ones I created. That's a scary thought. <clears throat> yes. Uh, in fact, most of the... Um, well, I did not create the elves, but... Uh, the mortal races in general are... Descended from the Celestials, for the most part. The ones that held the closest to... 
the celestial traditional beliefs were the orcs and the what was that other race ah uh, yes the Averils, but the, I believe they're gone or changed one of the two well, I don't believe I've ever heard of the Averils, but from what I've learned from some of Sig's memories, the uh, it sounds like we inherited all of the fighting. And I mean all of it. And Averils inherited all of the hubris. My sister was not kind to them. Doesn't sound like your sister's kind to most. So, how do you like serving under or serving with one of my uh, disciples, I guess, is what he is? It was <clears throat> definitely a learning experience. <laughs> it was good to see that there are better ways than what I kind of learned. It's yes. not fighting and war are not always the answer. Well, it's not only that, but it's also you know, even with all of his rough edges, he still would make sure to help those who needed help. That is not something that uh, they would have done in my tribe. It would have been only done if it was something you could get advantage of, which is why I think they kept me around as long as they did. Because being small, I could get into places the bigger ones could not. It also helps to have a bigger brain than the rest of the big people. But, so, the two of you are at a crossroads. You each have a decision to make. Depending on the events going forward, you may not be, I guess the word is connected to each other anymore. Well, I do know Sig would like to have a body of his own again, and as much as I don't mind learning from him, it would be nice to have some distance once in a while. Hmm. Yes. Well, that... Perhaps basic separation is the... Hmm, the best outcome for what goes forward, but... Most times, and I speak from experience, the best outcome isn't what you get.
Well, I'm definitely aware of that lesson in life. What's about to happen, no matter the outcome, if you continue to think outside the box and be crafty like you always have been to survive, I'm pretty sure you can increase that ch the chances for that best outcome tenfold. There's always a, a third option, I guess, is what my father always said. Definitely know that one. <clears throat> that is one thing that I think I might have taught uh, Sig there is it's not all black and white. There is definitely an ore in there. Mm. She begins to fade from your vision as y'all been walking. She turns to look at you. And I think the last question I will leave you with, and something for you to ponder on, does not need an answer. But would you be willing to sacrifice yourself to save your friends? And she fades out. Amisa kind of stand there, kind of ponder it a little bit. Kind of just been frozen in place. Um, but he would think about it and then kind of look around and, and everything's slowly turning back to that white as as you start to look around it's the camp but as you look around it begins to turn into that white room again and he would probably just grumble a little bit something about uh, the gods in their little games and then we will switch over to sick trigger oh boy Sig Trigger walks through his door, and he's in a cave, believe it or not. And he's sitting at this table, or he's standing at this table with six or seven other uh, spellcasters from his from his people. And he can hear the signs, the sounds of fighting, coming from the far entrance of the cave. And you are all working on a spell. The details of are kind of blurry, but you remember this. This is right before everything happened. This is your people's last stand, I guess. So he would probably, maybe not intentionally, but uh probably utter the same epitaph he said originally in Abyssal when this situation happened. Um, and it is a short uh, little litany and it basically translates into my life for those who survive. Because when they did this when they did this, they knew that they probably were not going to walk away. And you're working on this spell. You're transcribing the circles and the, the runes. And uh, One of the other wizards looks up and says, General, what? how close are we to finishing? I don't think the front lines are going to hold much longer. Well, we need to get them to reinforce as much as they can. 
They need to find the will. I think we're getting close, but... And he's going to kind of look around to see if everybody else is doing where they're... Has, you know, either finished or working on what they're supposed to be working on. So everybody's working hard, but you can tell as you look around that the morale of the group is low. Uh, they, they look ragged, like they haven't slept in days. And everything is just kind of... The stress of everything is getting to everybody. And a green light shows up off the side. And stepping out of a portal stands Ira. She doesn't have that, that real great glow that she normally has she looks kind of rough herself like she's just been fighting or something has been happening uh, she's wearing her helmet so you can't see her face and she says how close are we to finishing this if we need frontline support I will be your last line of defense so he will look around and Give, get an estimate of where everybody's at um, and seeing the morale down um, he is going to say Just remember we do this so our children can continue to live in this world I know it's rough on all of you but we need to keep going and he will tell Ira whatever the estimate is for the spell's progress She nods very well. She looks around the room and she points at a couple soldiers that have been guarding the room. Points to the door. We shall hold back the enemy. Um, a very familiar um, fairy hops up on the middle of the table. So if we're almost done, I think it's my turn to take my place. It's Harlequin as he sits in the middle of the table. All right. Don't think we'll have much time, and we only got one chance at this. So, and just like the Fey do, he begins to weave his magic into the circle as you all finish your preparations. And a wave of this dark, this black energy bursts through the entrance. And then Dark Fae and Corrupted People and Corrupted Celestials and Corrupted Daemons all compiling through. And the soldiers and Ira are struggling to keep them back. Harlequin finishes his incantation. He's alright, I think we have enough. Begin. And that's what he will do. And you start, it's a, it, now this spell is not something that would typically be duplicated or it's a one of a kind spell. And y'all have been working on this for years and months. You've been fighting this, this, this wave of darkness for, at this point, no one remembers how long. 
and the soldiers that were fighting with Ira begin to fall. And the magic begins to pulse as y'all cast the pet, the magic. Ira takes a sword through the gut. She falls to one knee. And a couple of your spellcasters uh, falter in their speaking when they see this. As Ira has been untouchable before. Uh, Sig would, when they, when they falter, he would continue to speak louder to get them back into the uh-huh. ritual. Because he yeah. knows there's... Uh, Regardless of what's going on, he has no other action. Roll a charisma check. Thankfully, that rolled really well. Um, (laughs) So that's a 18 on the die, so it's a dirty 20. As you you get louder and uh, and continue your incantation, the cadence of your voice and the the rhythm, as you all you all speak, the, inc- the incantation that brings the others back. They still falter a little bit and are tired and weary and have lost almost all hope. <clears throat> and uh, Ira struggles back to her feet. She continues fighting. And she takes a couple more hits and she turns and looks at all of you. And she holds up one finger and says, This is your one chance. She puts her sword down on the ground. She squeezes and this burst of light comes off of her. And she's gone. And it held back the this darkness and it gives you enough time to cast the spell. And the spell casts, you all are blown back. You actually see this from a different point of view as you're all blown back. As your spirit still stands, finishing the incantation. And you see this darkness begin to be sucked up into the center of this incantation with Harlequin at its center. And this giant tree slowly begins to form and push its way up out of the cavern. And after everything is said and done, your spirit shatters. And you're spread all over the world. And then time shifts and time goes by and this young orc finds a piece of your shattered spirits that has rested on this gem and he puts it on you can feel yourself not necessarily remembering what was going on but knowing this is where your journey started and as you turn around as this young orc goes turn around before you stands Ira once again and more of a shining, ghostly figure. And she says, Well, were you successful in your mission? Uh, I believe we contained, but I do not believe we eliminated. No. 
You did not eliminate it. But you bought us time. Which is more than any of the gods can ever say. Now, time grows to a point where a conclusion is to be reached. And you know your friends. You know what they're capable of. And she begins to fade. Do you think they're ready to stop this? And she fades out. And again, you stand looking around. And as the scenery begins to fade back into the white room, uh, you take in one last glimpse. And you see all of these memories that you weren't fully sure of what was going on come back to you. The room comes to, and before you once again, stands Fritz. I think Sig would uh, kind of chuckle just ever so slightly and just say, oh, I forgot to ask her why she abandoned her people. The things were at the darkest. As you stand in this white room, another figure appears. Now, this is a figure that Fritz has seen images of, probably a statue of specifically. And Sig would know her as his wife. table and a few chairs appear in the white room. She says, please have a seat. <clears throat> I think Fritz would uh, sit sick. He's just going to kind of look look on. It's definitely probably a mixture of uh, suspicion and definitely a surprise but he doesn't make a move to sit and she smiles her very familiar smile and she says very well then you've always been stubborn yes but I also remember watching you die in one of the battles before the end. That you did. And I am here in this plane in between. She kind of looks around a little bit. Waiting for a moment to speak. definitely chose a moment indeed <laughs> now you don't have to sit you can stand that's fine um, so 
may be able to answer a few questions any of you have either of you have I have been here for 2,000 plus years watching and learning um, I do have one specific question because I've seen Selby but I've yet to hear or see Kari Kari she lived a long fulfilled life and did what any other in any other of us eternals would do when we've reached the end I see I have watched and I have grieved and I have been angry with that anger passed a long time ago what Tamara did to the remnants of the Celestials as they hold on to whatever they have left of themselves was ignorant, to say the least. But each of them, as they grow to a point where they can accept their accept the future how it is, they have passed on and been reborn like all of us do. Well, I do know that uh, I've never said anything against the gods, but that is one I would not mind killing. You'd probably have to find her first. Um, she's been missing for a lot longer than uh, what the current going ons. About 1,500 years or so. Perhaps someone got to her before you could. Who knows? Well, if I find them, I'd like to congratulate them. You've all come... She looks over at Fritz and then at Sigtrigger again. You've come to a... Pivotal point... Pivotal point in... Your adventure, I guess. The man that stands before you, stopping you and creating all of this chaos. Uh, you need to know that he is neither good nor evil. Neither can he be destroyed. So Fritz is going to be like, so, you have a unbeatable, unstoppable force. I never said he was unbeatable. I said he's, he can't be destroyed. There's significant difference there. Well, I guess it depends how you measure. 
was never much of a carpenter. More of a farmer. <laughs> to which Sig would Not snort. Not a great one either. I think to help you. The decision of what to do going forward between the two of you is up entirely up to you. But with the last of what energy and what power I have, I can give you one boon. Then I am passing on to join back into the cycle. And she focuses on this black light forms on the table and a single scroll appears. And she says, as she begins to fade away, uh, this, use it in the last ditch effort. If all else fails, this is what you should refer to. Yes. But I think your friends are waiting. Sig would watch, uh, probably grab, walk, you know, step forward, grab the scroll and just watch as she fades and um, doing his best to hold his composure uh, Fritz would uh, get up and look over at him and he would just kind of chuckle a little bit and says you know I can tell that you're not holding together But I won't tell the others. Because I know it would wound your pride. Then Sig would probably get a smirk after that. As she fades out, her last words are, We'll meet again in the next life. And Sig, the last thing you would say would be, I look forward to it. The room is once again this white room. The table begins to fade. Then you feel yourself being pulled out of this state, out of this dream. And you wake up and you are back in the real world. And that is where we'll stop. Oh boy. Uh, we will, like the last two, we will not be doing any of the um, traditional closing statements. Uh, however, our dear Silver, voice of Zug, has some announcements to make of his own. This is when I make the cheesy announcement that I have been promoted and I shall be the story czar going forward. Uh, no, um, more serious. Um, it is definitely, uh, it's definitely, you know, we've had our moment talking to everybody and we know that, yes, we are seeing to leave. Uh, but, um, we will, we definitely will miss them. We have new cast members coming in that when we start introducing everything for the new story, I hope you will enjoy them as much as you have enjoyed the uh, wonderful uh, 
two who are um, pulling away for life and other adventures. Uh, and I do hope to get them involved at uh, whenever they are able to and stories line up. So, I guess, little little sadness, but also um, also a joy as... You know, the cycle goes. One story ends, a new story begins. As I always say, we love you. Bye.